Our first scripture reading today comes from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 33, verses 14 through 16. It is written, The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill my gracious promise with the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will raise up a righteous branch from David's line who will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is what he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. And our second reading comes from the gospel we call Luke chapter 21, verses 25 through 36. And it is written. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, there will be dismay among nations and their confusion over the roaring of the sea and surging waves. The planets and other heavenly bodies will be shaken, causing people to faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world. Then they will see the human one coming on a cloud with power and great splendor. Now when these things begin to happen, stand up straight and raise your heads, because your redemption is near. Jesus told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, you know that God's kingdom is near. I assure you that this generation won't pass away until everything has happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will certainly not pass away. Take care that your hearts aren't dulled by drinking parties, drunkenness, and the anxieties of day-to-day -day life. Don't let that day fall upon you unexpectedly, like a trap. It will come upon everyone who lives on the face of the whole earth. Stay alert at all times praying that you are strong enough to escape everything that is about to happen and to stand before the human one. Please pray with me and please pray for me. Almighty God, we give you our hearts, we give you our attention. I thank you that you give us your word. And through the words of the prophets, through the words of the evangelist, we can come to know what it is you might have for us this day. May the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For Lord, you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Advent. We begin Advent. And it's an exciting time of the year as we anticipate Christmas. And Christmas is coming. However, Christmas doesn't start till December 25th. And I know we're all celebrating in our homes and we're celebrating in, in all the happenings at work and in the stores and in our gathering of families, but we're in Advent. And as the church, what we must first do is anticipate. Advent means coming or arrival, and we are preparing for that arrival. And so we begin a sermon series that is called Prepare the Way, preparing the way for the coming Christ. And actually, this Advent is not just about preparing for the birth of a baby, because that has happened, and that happened 2,000 years ago. We 
are going to tell of the comings of Christ. Not only do we remember and retell the story of the coming of Christ in the flesh and blood of Jesus, but we're also going to remember and retell the story of the coming of Christ within our own lives and as we anticipate the final coming of Christ to come again and bring all creation into proper order. And let's not get confused. <laughs> the coming of Christ, we tell, and we are good at telling that story and the birth of the baby. And the comings of the Christ in our lives, we celebrate the miraculous and life-giving, redemptive work of Christ in our world today. When people come together to love and support the less fortunate. When groups of people travel the world to ensure fellow human beings have clean water. Just because the love and connection they experience between them has revealed that they are family. We are all family, every single human being on the earth today. And Christ comes and is present in those moments when we realize this in the fullness of love. But also look forward. We remember that Christ is coming again, that heaven and earth will be one, that God and all creation will be one. No more fear, pain, sorrow, or death. And Advent is about celebrating all of the comings. Christ came, Christ comes, Christ will come again. And this Advent season is about much more than anything our Christmas traditions could possibly show for all of the lights, colors, gifts, and songs. We are the church, the bride of the Christ who came, comes, and will come again. We know the story from beginning to end. We have a direct relationship with the one who brings it all into being. We call upon the name Jesus through whom all things were created and through whom all things will be renewed. The good news has been revealed to us that we may never lose hope because God is faithful. Amen? Amen. And we begin our series today, Prepare the Way, We Tell of the Comings, and everything we are, everything we choose to be, all that we choose to pursue is centered on our faith and the good news of Jesus Christ. We, the church, have said yes to God, and we have received the presence of Christ within us through the Holy Spirit so that we might be remade and renewed in the way and likeness of Christ. But sometimes we forget our story. Sometimes we forget our commitment. Sometimes we forget to say yes. We stray and become lost. And sometimes we get so lost that in our lostness, we are actually convinced we are on the correct path. Sometimes we are convinced that the darkness within us is light. And how truly that darkness is. If we have trouble seeing it in ourselves, we can surely see it in the world around us. We can surely see it in the lives of others, and not in a judgmental way, but simply in a way that we are aware of things that they may not be aware of, that the world may not be aware of. Because we have a tendency to get lost, we gather together each week here, together. We worship to remind ourselves of the proper order. God is our God. God is our ruler. We are God's people. We belong to God. We belong to one another to serve and offer ourselves to one another in the same love which God offered God's self to us through Jesus Christ. We come together to remember. 
In Jesus' day, the people of God were called to remember. John the Baptist called out from the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. He called all people to be washed new, to admit and confront that darkness that had come over them, to humbly confess that even in our religious commitments, we must remain ready for continued growth and for continued renewal to prepare the way. And so we will focus on this calling of John during our Advent season. We will focus on the calling because Christmas doesn't come until December 25th. I know the whole world around you has been celebrating since, what, November 1st? But let's take our time. Let's walk through this season with intention, with a willingness to be washed clean and renewed. Are you with me? Then let us prepare the way. Has anyone seen the movie Apollo 13? A lot of people. And I imagine, see, I'm, I'm, I'm young enough that I wasn't born until over a decade after it happened. But I imagine many of you in here, some of you in here, were alive and may actually remember when it happened. See, I have to rely on the movie, so you're just going to have to forgive me that part. Uh, the movie, if you haven't seen it, it stars Tom Hanks. And it's the retelling of the, the disaster and the miracle of the incredible journey that three astronauts endured when their space module suffered catastrophic damage on the way to the moon. Everything seemed to go wrong again and again. This true story is about them losing oxygen. They couldn't see the stars properly to even navigate the ship. They were very low on power, which means they couldn't properly warm the ship. They had to fire their engines to redirect the ship's navigation, but without any instrumentation to assist. They faced danger after danger, having no idea if all of the 100 things that they needed to have work exactly perfectly would, in fact, work to bring them home. The movie concludes with the four-minute wait and silence as the world wonders if they will emerge from the radio silence after having re-entered the Earth's atmosphere. Did they burn up? Did the chutes open? And there's a long four-minute wait. I've seen it a dozen times, and my heart pounds every time I watch it. The last time I watched it, in the midst of the incredible, stressful, silent scene, I actually had to remind myself that I knew how it ended, that they were going to be okay. And then it dawned on me, why did I get worked up in the first place? I mean, of course they're going to be okay. It's a movie based on actual events. I know the story. I've seen it a dozen times. Why did I even get worried in the first place? How did I allow myself to get my heart pounding when I already knew how the story ended? And it's because writers and directors and actors work their craft to reel me in. And I love being reeled in, right? Don't you? Now, our passages today come to a group of people in the midst of incredible turmoil, amidst of disaster. Jeremiah offers words of hope and assurance as Israel is being taken into exile. As they are being conquered and ripped away from their land, Jeremiah speaks of the glorious future that lies ahead. The gospel writer recounts the words of Jesus who spoke to his people Israel during the time of Roman occupation. Jerusalem and God's people were increasingly resistant to the rule of Rome, and for good reason. Rome wanted them to worship Caesar, not God. 
the people of Israel were rising up and they were becoming more revolutionary, fighting Rome by Rome's way, which is the sword, because it's Rome and the world that fights with violence. Jesus had warned them again and again, if you continue down this way of revenge, you will be crushed because Rome was exceptionally talented at crushing their enemy. Jesus had called them into the way, not of the sword and of violence and fighting, but in the way of love, forgiveness, and prayer. People had no interest in engaging Rome through the way of Jesus. So Jesus warned them that they would see their whole world flipped upside down. And in 70 AD, Rome utterly destroyed Jerusalem and threw down the temple, which has never been rebuilt. The way of life for Israel was changed forever because they pursued their own way. The gospel writer tells this story to an audience outside of Jerusalem decades later. A group of people called the church who live on the margins of Roman society and have watched the Roman Empire fall into dismay. When Caesar Nero of their day committed suicide in the year about 68, the once peaceful Roman Empire fell into chaos as multiple men, multiple Caesars came and went, and the nations which had once made up the whole empire were now warring with one another. Rome just conquered a, a new people and then made that new people part of Rome, and they just kept expanding in this way of violence, and everyone followed Caesar. But after Nero died, there was so much fighting and turmoil, and Caesar's changing hands every several months because they were killing each other. All these territories that had once answered to Caesar were no longer willing to do so, and there was chaos. And the church was on the edge of it all, and they were waiting for Jesus' return. The church, these Christ followers, some Jewish, some Gentile, they were expelled from the synagogues. They were rejected by the Romans for not following the cultural ways and, and burning incense and offering and worshiping Caesar as God. They were victims of drought, famine, and violence. And in the midst of a crumbling empire, the price of bread had skyrocketed and survival itself had become difficult. Still, amidst it all, they gathered together every week. They broke bread and they told stories of a rabbi named Jesus who had brought a new way of life into the world, a way of peace amidst the chaos. They sang together and committed their lives to one another as sisters and brothers and they waited and they hoped and they tried to stay encouraged. Our gospel passage today reminds that church and reminds this church, our church, that the story of everything has already been written. We know of the chaos around us. Creation is continually exploited and abused. Nations are not at peace with one another in our world. People and systems within our own one nation are not at peace with each other. The church is struggling to remain united and peaceful. We face threat. We face disease. We face cancer. 
We face the loss of jobs or the decrease in salary. We face divorce. We face fires and earthquakes and hurricanes and violent attacks in grocery stores, churches, clubs, concerts, and schools. We face entire communities of people who have nowhere to go. Young mothers-to-be who feel that terminating pregnancies are their only option. And groups of people who reject those mothers in their most vulnerable state. We face anger and hatred towards particular communities of people because of their race, their gender, their sexuality, their religion, their ethnicity. Boys and girls, men and women, police officers, athletes and soldiers are dealing with addiction and suicide while they are judged by the world around them. We know the world of chaos. We also know what it is like for the world around us to think we are silly, to continue meeting together, to continue breaking bread together, to continue committing our lives to one another as we tell stories of a rabbi named Jesus who brings a new way of life into the world who encourages us not to engage our world with weapons, hatred, or judgment, but to love, forgive, and pray for those who may call us enemy. Will we heed the call? Or will we fight on like those in Jerusalem? Are we prepared for the way of Jesus, or are we committed to our own way? We commit to Jesus' way because we know how the story of this world ends. We know that the beginning of the end began with Jesus. Like a great pendulum swinging to its peak, slowing down to a stop and seemingly paused just before it begins to swing the other way, we sit in the midst of the changing of times, the changing of directions, the new age, the new dawn. The beginning of the end is also the end of the beginning. The night is almost over, as Paul says it. The light of the new day is already visible if we but look. Like the trees around us profess the coming of summer before summer arrives, the presence of the Holy Spirit within us, the very presence of heaven in our souls, professes the coming of God's final arrival before it fully arrives. We are present in the pregnant pause of all creation as we wait eagerly, anxiously, and hopefully. Jesus tells us to stand up and raise our heads. This word for stand was the same word Jesus used from chapter 13 when he told the woman who had been bound by Satan, condemned to a life of being bent over, to stand. Where the weight of the world around us might crush us, where we allow ourselves to be drawn into the drama of worldly realities, where we might wonder if we will be okay, if God will actually do what God has promised. Jesus says, stand. We need reminded this Advent season how this story ends by telling how it begins. 
the world around us needs to know how this story ends. The end of this age will come. Jesus did not come to condemn, but to save and redeem. Our God is faithful to the promises made. Our Jesus is faithful to the redemption promised. Our Holy Spirit is faithful to help us stand up because we have hope. When we find ourselves becoming weighed down with anxiety because of all that is happening around us in our world, Jesus Christ lifts us up from our despair and worry. When we find ourselves drawn into the consumerism, the nationalism, the self-righteousness of a religion which centers on our egoism, Jesus Christ wakes us up from our distracted life. And the Holy Spirit, the presence of Christ that has come within us, prepares us for the world that we know is coming. We know how it ends, yet we're getting captivated by the drama. It's time for us to remember to not get reeled in. So let us enter into this Advent season eagerly anticipating the comings of Jesus Christ. Let us not get caught up in our own battles or get drawn into the battles of the world. In those moments where you find yourself worked up and worried, remind yourself that you know how this story ends. And let us tell the story of his birth while also telling of the final coming, while also telling of the way Christ comes here and now to help us stand up with the great hope we have through the promises of our God who is faithful. Yes, let us anticipate the comings of Christ with a great joy, that we might be the very vessels through which Christ comes into the lives of others for the sake of their healing and salvation, that we might live each day as if Christ will work through us for the redemption of this world, that we might continually live our lives in an effort to prepare the way of the Lord. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.